Welcome to the Studying the Bible podcast, where every Thursday, pastors Dylan Dodson and Brian Androsian study a book of the Bible verse by verse to see what is being communicated and how we can use it to grow in our relationship with Jesus. We pray that today's podcast can help you grow just a little bit closer to Christ. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to Galatians. Uh, in this Bible study through the book of Galatians, we're going to go through the book verse by verse. Uh, looking at looking at every verse, looking at what Paul's communicating in this verse and what God is communicating through him to us today. Uh, so today we're going to be starting in Galatians 1, starting in verse 1, going through verse 10. We're going to be looking at the first chunk of this book, and uh, we're going to see what it has to say to us. Uh, to give us a little bit of an introduction, introduction to this book before we jump into the text, so we have the book of Galatians. It's one of Paul's letters. It's, le- it's written to a number of churches in the region of Galatia. Uh, and what, what's going on here, kind of the reason he's writing this letter, is there's debates between Jewish and non-Jewish Christians, or Jesus followers, over whether these non-Jewish believers need to obey and follow the rules of the Torah, the laws of the Torah, in order to be saved. And so what's going on is these Jewish Christians, or these Jewish uh, followers of Jesus, they had been telling these non-Jewish believers that they needed to get circumcised, that they need to follow uh, uh, uh kosher dietary laws, that they need to uh, observe, this, observe the Sabbath, do, doing these different things that are according to the laws of the Torah that, are, that was given to the Jewish people. And so this message came to the Galatian church, the, the, the people of Galatia, uh, after Paul had visited there. So he had visited there on his missionary journey, he had left, and then this message came from these Jewish Christians to the Gentiles, saying that they needed to obey the laws of the Torah, that they needed to do these things that the, that the Jewish people had to do, in order to be saved. And so Paul writes this letter back to the Galatians kind of in response. He gets word that this is what's being spread among them. And then he writes this letter back in response to them because of, uh, this, because of what's being spread to them. So Paul takes this letter uh, to explain the gospel. He takes some time in this letter to explain the gospel, kind of re-explain it to them, and shows how this is what uh, transforms us, that Jesus is what transforms us, not the law, especially when it comes to Gentiles. So Paul wants followers of Jesus to be transformed by Jesus, not transformed by works or transformed by following the laws of the Torah. So this is kind of the context of what's happening here. These Gentile believers in Galatia were being told by the Jewish believers that they needed to follow the rules of the Torah, just as as the Jewish people did. So Paul gets word of this. He writes a letter back to the Galatians, and this is where we get the book of Galatians. So we're going to start today in chapter 1, verse 1, opening of the letter. The, the letter starts with uh, Paul kind of giving this a little bit of defense of himself. It, it, it seems, what, what seems to be going on here is that the Jewish believers were telling the non-Jewish Christians not to listen to Paul. So, that, so Paul's uh, letter begins with kind of a defense of himself and a case sort of for his own credibility. So we start today in chapter 1, verse 1, looking through the beginning of verse 2, and it says this. It says, Paul, an apostle, not from men or by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers who are with me. So this is the beginning of Paul's letter, and Paul begins by telling him that he's an apostle. But not, not, not from men or by man, but by, Christ, by Jesus Christ and by God the Father. See, some had been kind of denying Paul's apostleship because he didn't live with and uh, learn from and walk with Jesus while he was on this earth. And so Paul's denying this claim, saying that his apostleship is genuine, telling them that he, that he is an apostle from Jesus directly, that, that what he learned came from Jesus directly, not from man. What, what he's referring to is, the, is his um, encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. And so this is important because if Paul can't establish credibility, 
then the rest of his letter is, is void. The rest of his letter is kind of meaningless. If he can't convince them of his credibility up front, then, then his readers would have no reason to kind of, um, kind of believe what he's saying versus the people that are in opposition to him, what they're saying. So he has to be clear that his apostleship is genuine, that what he's teaching is not just his own kind of um, uh, made-up gospel, that he didn't learn it from other men, that he's not kind of uh, disseminating information that he's hearing from other people and is kind of making its way down the pipeline and it can get kind of confused along the way, but that his message is complete, that, that his message comes from Jesus himself, that he is an apostle of Jesus. And if he doesn't establish this up front, then the rest of his letter becomes irrelevant. So he continues at the end of uh, uh, verse 2, going through verse 5. So to the, letter, to the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from this present evil age, according to the will of our, Father, of, of our God and Father. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. So these first few verses give us kind of a brief summary of the gospel that Paul had been teaching. See, Jesus came in the flesh. He, he gave himself for our sins to rescue us from this present evil age according to the will of the Father. This is what Paul is communicating. This is kind of the little introduction he's giving us before he gets into really the meat of the, of the letter. So this opening description of the gospel gives, gives us sort of a clear indication of what to expect in this entire letter. Paul uses the word rescue here, and what he's, what he's referencing when he uses the word rescue, he's not using this on accident, but he's referencing God rescuing Israel from Egypt all the way back in Exodus. And it's no longer, what we're seeing here is it's no longer just Israel or no longer just the Jewish people who need rescue, but it's the entire world. And that rescue comes from verse 4. It comes from Jesus giving himself for our sins. So Paul is telling his readers that Jesus giving his life for us is not simply so that we can go to heaven. It's not simply so that we can get something, but it's to rescue us from the sin that enslaves the world. That he's coming for a purpose, that, or that he came for a purpose, that he died so that we'd be rescued from the evil, from the sin that enslaved this world. Not just so that we can get something out of it, not just so that we can go to heaven and be with him, but it's so that we're rescued from the evil that encompasses, that enslaves this entire world. And it continues in verse 6. Says, I am amazed that you are so quickly turning away from him who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. So Paul is in disbelief that they're turning away from the gospel that he taught them, that, he's that they're turning away from it so quickly. When he talks about a different gospel, so to speak, it's, it's not likely that they're literally believing in a different Messiah or a different person that was coming to save them. But most likely they're believing that Jesus is fulfilling sort of a different narrative, that Jesus is merely part of the equation not the entire thing, that Jesus is important, but so is observing the laws of the Torah, that they go hand in hand. And this is what uh, Paul's referring to when he talks about them uh, kind of preaching or teaching a different gospel. However, Paul is preaching a gospel of Jesus alone, Jesus only, that Jesus is the way to salvation through his death and resurrection, not through observing the laws of the Torah. Then he continues in verse seven. He says, not that there is another gospel, but there are some who are troubling you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. So as mentioned before, the people troubling them or distorting the gospel of Christ are the Jews who are trying to enforce the laws of the Torah on Gentiles. So these Jewish people that followed Jesus and still followed the laws of the Torah, to them, seeing Paul preach that Gentiles could follow Jesus and not have to follow the laws of the Torah almost would have seemed unfair. Saying, well, how can we follow the same Jesus? How can we follow the same uh, Savior? And yet we have to follow these laws of the Torah, but you don't. And, that just, and, and, and it seems that that just didn't 
sort of uh, mesh. That didn't sort of make sense. So these Jewish people were instead preaching to the Gentiles that, no, you also need to follow the laws of the Torah. This is what we do, and this is how we've seen salvation. And so we need to follow Jesus, yes, but you also need to observe the laws of the Torah, and this is what it means to be a follower of God. They're saying that these Gentiles shouldn't get a pass just because they're not Jewish. But Paul's clear here. This is not the gospel. Following Jewish law is not what saves you, but Jesus' death and resurrection does. He continues in verses 8 and 9. He says, But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, a curse be on him. As we have said before, I now say again, if anyone is preaching you, preaching to you a gospel contrary than what you received, a curse be on him. Paul is pretty clear here. A curse be on anyone that preaches another gospel other than Jesus' death. Simple as that. He even goes so far, he, he, he uses what I think is a little bit of uh, hyperbole here and says, even if an angel from heaven says something different than this, a curse be on him. And this is how strongly Paul believes in, that Jesus' death is the root of our salvation that our salvation, that our, that our uh, rescue from this sinful world comes just from Jesus, not from anything that we do. He finishes this section in verse 10. He says, For am I now trying to persuade people or God? Or am I striving to please people? If I were trying to please people, I would not be a servant of God. So Paul, Paul was accused of being a people pleaser, is what we see here, because he was not requiring Gentile believers to follow the laws of the Torah. He's accused of just telling people, kind of, kind of just telling people what they want to hear. It's easy to tell people if, if it's easy to tell people that they don't have to follow the laws of the Torah, and so he's accused of being a people pleaser of telling people what they want to hear instead of telling them the truth. But Paul is clear that this isn't what's happening. Paul isn't preaching the gospel to please anybody. He's not leaving parts of it out to make it easier for some or so that more people will follow. He's not kind of sugarcoating the gospel. But he's saying the gospel is this plain and simple. The gospel is simply Jesus coming, dying a death for you and for me, and this is what frees us from sin. This is what frees us from the bondage of sin and evil. According to Paul, it doesn't matter your ethnic background. It doesn't matter your social background. It doesn't matter your history. But believers in Jesus were members of God's family. And without, without the need of circumcision, without the need of following Jewish law, without the need of anything in addition to it, that Jesus alone is enough. See, these Jewish laws were meant to mark the Jewish people from their pagan neighbors. They were meant to set them apart from everybody else. But Paul believed and was teaching that since Jesus came, since Jesus came and died and resurrected, that believers are no longer marked in that way. Rather, they're marked by belief in Jesus himself. That this is what, as Christians, as believers, this is what sets us apart from everybody else. It's the belief in Jesus and belief in his death and resurrection that sets us apart from everybody, not following the, 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 the laws of the Torah. And so Paul is making it clear here, this is what it means to follow Jesus. This is what it means to be a believer. It means following in Jesus alone and having faith in his death and resurrection alone, that he paid the price for our sin and that he's enough and that we don't need to add anything to him. So this is what Paul's communicating in this first little section of the book of Galatians. And so what I want to do as we wrap up this section, as we wrap up each week, I want to give three little takeaways that we can take away from this section here. And the first one is this. It's that Jesus is the only prerequisite to salvation. Jesus is the only requirement for salvation. We're not required to, to follow Jesus, but also have to follow all these certain laws. 
We have, we have commandments, we have laws, we have, we have rules that are given to us, that are given to us to help us uh, follow Jesus more clearly and help us live a life for Jesus. But it's clear that our works are not what saves us, but, it's what, but Jesus' death does. And so it's a belief in Jesus Christ. That's the only way to salvation. It's a belief in his death, his burial, his resurrection, that Jesus is the only prerequisite for salvation. The second is this, is that all are welcome in God's family. All are welcome in the kingdom of God. All are welcome in God's family. All it takes is that belief in Jesus and belief in his death and resurrection. What we're seeing from Paul here is that this is not, um, this is not reserved just for a certain people group. This is not reserved just for people who do, do certain things, but this is available to all. And it's not only available to those who follow certain, who follow the laws of the Torah or who, are part, who have a Jewish background. It's available to all, and all it takes is for people to uh, believe in and put their faith in Jesus and follow him and um, believe in his death, burial, and resurrection, and that his death was the payment for our sin. And the last takeaway I want us to see from Galatians 1, 1 through 10, is that Jesus is sufficient. Jesus is sufficient. This is, the, this is the, one of the main um, ideas throughout this entire book, but it's that Jesus doesn't need anything added to him. It's Jesus plus nothing is everything. Jesus is enough. Jesus is sufficient for our salvation. Jesus is sufficient to uh, save us from the sins of this world. And like I said earlier, Jesus isn't just here, didn't just come to give us a way to go to heaven. It's not just so that we can get something from it but it's so that we can be rescued from the sin that enslaves us, from the sin that keeps us in bondage, that uh, in, in, enslaves and encompasses this entire world. It's that Jesus is sufficient. Jesus is enough. Jesus is all we need. We need Jesus' death. We need his burial. We need his resurrection. And the fact that that happened, that that historically happened, is how we can see freedom from sin and freedom from, um, freedom from the evil that enslaves this world. So Jesus is the only prerequisite for salvation. All are welcome in God's family, and Jesus is sufficient. Jesus is enough. We don't need to add anything to the gospel. The gospel is enough. Jesus is enough for our salvation. And that's what we see in Galatians chapter 1, verses 1 through 10.